Grace and mercy and peace be with you, my dear friends in Christ, from God our Father, and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. Amen. If you were here last Sunday, I pray that that day of celebration, celebrating 150 years that this congregation has been in existence, I pray that that day uh, was, was a wonderful day of blessing for you, for your families. I, I had a wonderful time, and I give God thanks for His faithfulness to us for these one, last 150 years. And again, it's our prayer to simply uh, continue to proclaim His goodness, His truth, to administer His sacraments, and we will continue to thrive in this life in Christ that we are blessed with. Starting today and for the next six weeks, uh, until we kind of hit our, our fall ministry cycle, I'm going to be preaching on a, a, a simple Christian topic, uh, something that we do and talk about all the time. We're going we're gonna to be talking about prayer. Prayer. And it might seem like almost too overly simple of a topic. Yet that is exactly the point that I, I want to spend some time with you all uh, over the next six weeks. Because in my conversations with a lot of you, it seems as though a lot of us maybe aren't practicing prayer all that much. In our own individual devotion life, or maybe even as couples or as, as families, we talk about prayer all the time, but what does that actually look like in our daily living? So for the next six weeks, each week we're, we're just going to ask one simple question, uh, and then we'll, we'll dive into that uh, in that week. So today, we're just asking the question, what is prayer? What is it? What is prayer? And the most simple answer to this question is this. Prayer is communication with God through words and thoughts. Communication with God through our words and through our thoughts. Throughout human history, prayer is the way that human people communicate with their Creator. Prayer is a timeless form of communication. It is the way that human people communicate with their Creator. It's timeless. Nothing changes in our prayer life. You just think about all of our means of communication in, in this world and how rapidly changing our, our forms of communication are, right? And yet the, the one thing that doesn't change in our communication with God is, is prayer. I, I don't think that you can send God an email uh, God doesn't have a cell phone. You're not going to text him. Uh, I don't even believe that God is on Facebook, right? Uh, actually, I did look him up. I, I found a couple of different profiles uh, for, for God. Uh, one, one said he was a public figure. One said he was a fictional character. And one said he was a comedian. So uh, you got some different perspectives on who God is on, on Facebook. But you, you just think about that. Uh, last week when we were doing our 150th anniversary, if you were here, we put together a time capsule. Uh, that that we uh, we hope will be open in 25 years. And when the committee was talking about what to put in this time capsule, uh, there were all kinds of different creative ideas, and, and some of them involved like like media, you know, some video and pictures and stuff like that. But then we got talking. Well, 
in 25 years, are they even going to know how to play this? I mean, what are we going to put this stuff on? Are we going to put a DVD? And frankly, I hardly even have a DVD player hooked up anymore at, at my house. I, I know, maybe that's, that's a little radical, right? Um, but, you know, so we thought maybe we could put it on a flash drive, but in 25 years, they might, they might go, what in the world is, is this, right? Our communication among ourselves changes drastically, but the one thing that the community realized is, well, we could just print everything. Right? I mean, that's not going to go out of style. You're always going to be able to handle that. So everything in the time capsule is just print, right? Printed pictures, print, printed words, and all that stuff. So print is, is a form of communication among us that I guess will you know, stand the test of time, probably. And prayer is a form of communication with God that is going to last. Nothing, nothing changes there. Prayer is our communication as humans with our Creator through our words and through our thoughts. Now in the Gospel lesson today, from the book of Matthew, we see Jesus praying. And this is actually at the end of Jesus' life, the night that he is betrayed, the night he's arrested. This is by no means the first time that Jesus prays in the scriptures or teaches about prayer. Uh, over the next six weeks, each week, we're actually going to look at, um, at, at uh, a Gospel lesson where Jesus is either teaching about prayer or we, we witness him uh, demonstrating. So, on this night, though, the night that Jesus is betrayed, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples, and he does as he does, and he goes off by himself to pray. And what is Jesus praying? He is praying from his deepest desires and desperations to his Father that he might not have to go through on, on what, what the events are that are about to happen. Right? Jesus is praying, Lord, <laughs> Father, um, if it be your will uh, that you could let this cup pass from me, that means like give it to somebody else, I would be okay with that. Yet how does Jesus end his prayer all three times? He ends it with these words, not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus himself, who is God in the flesh, is speaking with his Father and saying, Father, I, I, really, I really don't want to have to go through with the arrest, the beatings, the mocking, the, the death. He knew what was to come. And he says, Father, if it be your will, if it be your will to let this pass from me, let it pass. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And, and if you're a Christian person, you know how the story goes. You know that it was the will of the Father that his son would go the way of the cross. And he would indeed that night be betrayed. He would be arrested. The next day would be a horrendous day for Jesus. And yet Jesus went the way of the cross, laying down his life, in, in order to take it up so that you and I could have life and have it to the full for now and forever. But the prayer of Jesus in communicating with his Father was, Father, Father, I, I want your will to be done. I want your will to be done because you have a good and gracious will. And if it be your will that I go the way of the cross, I'll do it. Because of the love of Jesus Christ, because he went that way of the cross, he has opened to us direct access to our Creator. Now, you realize that because Jesus stands between us and our Creator, when we approach our Creator, we do not need to fear or cower in His presence. Because He doesn't see our sin, He doesn't see our wretched state, He, he loves us as precious children. 
And he wants us to cry out to him in prayer. He sees us through that lens of Jesus. So we have direct access to our creator through Jesus. Therefore, we can approach our creator in prayer just as a little child approaches her own father. As a child approaches her father, and that child approaches her father, and she says in her moments of desperation, Dad, Dad, I need to talk to you. I'm sad, yeah? I want to talk to you, Dad. Dad, hey, Dad, I want to show you something. Look what I did, Dad. Isn't this cool what I made? Dad, Dad, I, I, I need to tell you something. I have a deep desire. You know what it is, Dad? Gabe knows what it is. I want a pony. I want a pony, Dad. Right? This is my deep, deep desire, Dad. As a child approaches her father in her moments of desire or desperation or even thanksgiving, we as human people can approach our father. Prayer is all about a relationship, right? Prayer is all about the relationship. As a form of communication, prayer is all about the relationship between us as people and with our Heavenly Father. But I want to change the relationship image here just for a minute. We're not, uh, we just talked about a, a child and a father, but I want to talk to those of you who are married for a minute and use a marriage example. How many of you who have been married for any length of time can read your spouse's mind? <laughs> All right, maybe that's a dangerous question to ask, right? Some of you are going, yeah, I know what she's thinking. Right? Uh, and, and I probably actually shouldn't encourage you to try to attempt to read one another's minds. That's not a, a good form of communication. You should actually talk about it. What I mean, what I mean by this, if you've been married for any length of time, are you able to kind of tell what's going on in your spouse's mind in a given situation? Like, like I don't know, if, if you face a certain situation. You can read your spouse's body language, and without saying any words, you can look at them and you go, I know where you're at on this one, right? I know, I know what's going on here in your mind. Why is it that we're able to kind of have that in-depth knowledge of one another? It's because you've, you've talked about it, right? You've talked about it time and time again. You face a certain situation, you deal with stuff, you talk about it, and you go, ah, I know how he or she's going to react when we get to this situation. Again, I know what your opinion is on this topic. So in our, in our, in our marriages, we can understand and, ex and, and uh, kind of expect how we're going to react because we've had such ongoing communication. But I ask you, think about this. Those of you, again, who are married, and if you're not married, think about somebody who you have a deep relationship with. What if you stopped talking? What if you stopped talking to your spouse or to your, to your dear friend? What if you stopped talking? What if you didn't change anything else? What if you treated them exactly the same? You did all the exact same stuff. What if, what if you stopped talking? How would that affect your relationship? Would it? Yeah, it would. it would. It would dramatically affect the way that you are with one another, the way you express your love to one another. If you stop communicating, it'll affect you. It happens even, even with our friends as well. I have many friends in this world, people I consider my friends. And some of my dearest friends don't live here locally. 
They live across the country, and even, even in other parts of the world. At one point in time or another, we lived close to one another, spent all kinds of time together, but now they're in far-flung places, and frankly, I don't talk to some of them very much. Does, our, does the distance and lack of communication affect that relationship? Yeah, you bet it does. Absolutely, it does, right? Without communication, a relationship suffers. And in our relationship with God, prayer, again, is the way that we communicate with Him. Now, let me say it like this. I think that prayer is a result of the relationship we have with God. Prayer is a result of the relationship we have with God, but also a contributing factor to the health of the relationship. What I mean by this is, I, I think most of us are, are, are really only going to pray to God if we understand who He is. We're, we're going to pray to God if we know who He is, if we have a relationship with Him. Yet that relationship is going to get stronger, I believe, with, the, with, with more frequency of prayer life. So, um, the prayer affects the relationship, it is a contributing factor, but we also, it's also a result of the fact that we have a relationship. Prayer is this means of communication, and we'll get to know God more the more that we communicate with Him, and the more we communicate with Him, the deeper the relationship will go. We also read another lesson from the Apostle Paul today in the book of Ephesians. And in, in here in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul talks about what we call the armor of God. And he goes through this list of all these pieces of armor that are given to us as Christian people. And, and what Paul is describing is that as Christians, we put on Christ. And the armor that is given to us as a gift is Jesus Christ. He comes and clothes us. And so as Christians, we are given this armor in order to face the trials and temptations in this world. And then Paul says, now, having on that armor of God, pray. Pray constantly. Pray continuously in the Spirit of God. Pray always. Prayer is how we utilize this armor of God. Prayer is how we utilize the armor of God. Prayer is part of this armor of God. God gives us this armor. He gives us this gift of prayer because he knows that we need it. He created us. He loves us. He knows that as people, we need to be able to express ourselves to him. He created us with words and with, with thoughts, with rational minds, and he wants us to communicate with him. This is how he made us. He desires a relationship with us. As we wrap up today, again, just to simply define what is prayer. Prayer is this. It is communication with God through thoughts and through words. Today I basically explained what prayer is, but I wonder, in this next week, how will this knowledge affect your prayer life? Will it? What I want to do each week in this prayer sermon series is at the end, I, I want to give you a, a takeaway, something to, to challenge you, something to think about, something to put into practice each and every week. So here's what, I, here's what I want you to do this week. Get this into your mind, that prayer is communication with God through words and thoughts. And then I want you to pay conscious attention this week to your thoughts. 
Because we all have so many thoughts going in our minds all the time. We direct words, even if it's silent words, to somebody, somewhere. But my question is, how often do you actually speak God's name and direct those words and thoughts to Him? I want you to, to change the direction of your words and thoughts and speak directly to God. And so, here's your takeaway for this week. When you get to moments of desire, desperation, or thanksgiving... Direct those words and thoughts directly at the God of all creation. And you can speak his name. You can even pray directly to Jesus Christ himself. But I want you to direct those words and thoughts directly to God. So if you want something, if you have a desire, ask God for it. If you have a moment of desperation, if you don't know where to turn or what to do for yourself or for a loved one, talk to God about it. And in those moments of thanksgiving, when things are going well, direct it to God and say, Thank you, God, for your blessings. And here's why, again, I want you to do this. Because I believe the more that we directly address God, the more that you say his name, the more that you will see him at work in your life and in this world, therefore giving you the desire to communicate more, therefore deepening your relationship with your creator. Next week, the question we're going to ask is this. So now that we know what prayer is, the question will be, why should we pray? Why should we pray? And we're going to challenge God a little bit on this. And we're, we're going to ask some things such as, well, if God already knows what I'm going to pray, if he's already completely in control, then why should I, I pray anyways? Right? I don't know if you've ever thought that before, but that's kind of the direction we're going to go next week. But for this week, as you go, again, direct your desires, desperations, and thanksgivings to God, and see how that affects your prayer life this week and ongoing after that. So to close today, let me just, let me, let me offer a prayer on our behalf. Let's pray today. Gracious God, I, I pray for my friends today. I pray that you would remind all of us that the lines of communication with you are open for us. They're open because of the life and death and resurrection of your Son, our Savior, Jesus. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Give us the ability and the desire to speak openly and often with you this week. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.